why large healthcare systems need advanced practice clinicians as chief administrators. You're listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Lisa DeAndre, your host, and with me today is Dr. Ken Harbert. Ken is a physician assistant and the president of HealthWatch, a healthcare management firm that provides solutions for the utilization of advanced practice clinicians. He is a distinguished fellow of the American Academy of Physician Assistants and serves on the board of directors at the American College of Clinicians. He is also the dean for the School of Physician Assistant Studies at South College in Knoxville, Tennessee. Today we are discussing the need for advanced practice clinicians as chief administrators. Hi, Ken. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lisa. Thank you so much. Look forward to it. Ken, for 10 years you served as a hospital administrator. You are responsible for 130 physician assistants, 40 nurse practitioners, and six nurse midwives. Tell us why you feel that advanced practice clinicians should have administration positions in today's healthcare systems. Well, Lisa, I think the real issue today is that we've got to look at the challenges that present themselves to healthcare administrators. The challenges are from many different kinds of forces, including new scientific and technological advances in medicine new organizational structures, more competitiveness, new policies and procedures, regulatory functions that really didn't exist in the past, and more and more constraints on how that healthcare dollar is being spent, or more importantly, how healthcare is being delivered. I think advanced practice clinicians in my 30-some years of experience are providers that are patient-centered as far as communication. They have the core competencies to apply not only scientific knowledge, but most of them today are very advanced technologically using PDAs and other forms of technology for more efficient healthcare. But beyond that, they're lifelong learners. So what they bring as any type of administrator is the ability to coordinate, collaborate, communicate, and cooperate. I call that the four C's. That's vital as a manager, as an administrator, or as a corporate officer. Can you give us some examples of these positions nationally? Oh, I think there, in the 30 years, there's been numerous people that have gone on, got graduate degrees, either MBAs, MPHs, or just on-the-job training. I could give you some direct examples of that. For example, Dave Bissonette, who's at the University of Pittsburgh, who was in neurosurgery as a PA, now as an administrator, department head for neurosurgery at the University of Pittsburgh in neurosurgery, who better to be there. Justine Strand at Duke University, she's the division chief for physician extenders. Moving on, if you look at primary care networks, who better than Ron Fisher, who's the executive director for the Pensacola Regional Medical Center in Maryland, and basically Ron started off as a primary care PA. And also, Patty Pascals at Cleveland Clinic is now the administrative person for advanced practice clinicians. But beyond that, there's also people like Ruth Balwick, who's a member of the Board of Trustees at Group Health Cooperative, Richard Gemming, who's one of the chief administrators for the Columbia Healthcare System, and on and on and on. Can you describe the job responsibilities that these people do and where they fit in the administrative team? That's a very important question because each of these individuals are not only responsible for what we define as matrix management or basically being responsible for clinicians, but also administrative responsibilities for advanced practice clinicians. 
these individuals fit in a variety of different roles within the healthcare scheme of things in healthcare administration. For example, Mr. Fisher is the executive director for the primary care network that ties in all the primary care physicians with that healthcare system in Maryland. Ruth Bollock, on the other hand, is a member of the Board of Trustees who oversees the Group Health Cooperative. So, in a sense, the roles and responsibilities are completely different in that they are faced with many, many different issues. Mr. Fisher, for example, has to deal with the idea of, you know, buying up primary care practices and making sure that primary care is being adequately delivered and access to health care is immediate. While Ruth Bollock at the Group Health Cooperative deals more with the overall management and the overall overseeing of how Group Health Cooperative functions. So the roles and responsibilities vary, but what they bring to the table is important. That is, not only experience as healthcare providers, but more importantly, understanding the efficiency that's needed and the effectiveness that's needed in healthcare practice management. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Lisa DeAndre, and I'm speaking with Dr. Ken Harbert, a physician assistant and the president of HealthWatch, a healthcare management firm, and the dean for the School of Physician Assistant Studies at South College in Knoxville, Tennessee. We are discussing the need for advanced practice clinicians as chief administrators. So, Ken, it sounds like these jobs are out there, but there's really no established role. Is this generation of advanced practice clinicians pioneering the role of chief administrator? In a lot of ways, they are. I think those roles have been there in the past. Most of us, like myself, Richard Rohr is another good example, who's the director of hospital services in Baltimore. Both he and I started as primary care PAs and internal medicine PAs. And the idea is that PAs can function in many different areas. We practice, for example, in one area when we begin, and oftentimes PAs will switch specialties. So you bring to the table the ability to do a good history of physical exam to provide good health care. But as you're doing that, you're working with a number of different physicians, so you understand how to cooperate and collaborate very well. Today's PAs learn that from the get-go. They learn that when they graduate because they're working with more and more physicians. They understand how different each physician might practice in their own practice, in their own specialty, and they understand how to communicate and coordinate and cooperate with not only the patient, but with the staff, but also with the physician. Those competencies allow them to go on to become excellent administrators. And the WISE healthcare system looks at those individuals as they look at anybody for potential management positions. And I think, to their credit today, more and more PAs are looked at to do more than just provide health care, much like physicians today. So I know many physician assistants and nurse practitioners who are consultants, and they help recruit and integrate advanced practice clinicians into larger healthcare organizations. What role do these consultants play once the PAs and NPs are there? Consultants can play a variety of roles for healthcare systems. One of the best roles is really to see how effective and efficient those advanced practice clinicians are being. Obviously, issues of quality of care, patient safety, and the one that's probably the most important to most healthcare systems is reimbursement. Is the reimbursement schemes correct? Are they billing correctly? Are the coding being provided correctly? 
basically, as in any practice management, are using the right person for the right reason at the right time with the right training to really extend the service of the healthcare being provided. That's a good point regarding consultants because they're very pricey managers. It seems ideal to transfer these responsibilities to a PA or an NP to take over that role. I think that's very important because, you know, one of the things that we found when I was an administrator at Geisinger System of Healthcare is that it's not only the direct time that you spend taking care of patient issues, the advanced practice clinician also saves the physician and the practice a lot of time by indirect kinds of things like talking to the patient, communicating with the family, checking on lab results, doing all the kinds of things that provide good quality continuity of care. So this sounds like a win-win for senior corporate officers. What are your thoughts? I think it's very, very true, and I think senior officers need to be aware that one of the core competencies today for graduating physician assistants is to understand system-based practice, and that means basically that they are getting more and more understanding of the business of medicine rather than just the practice of medicine. So I think that's an important competency that all our graduating PAs today have. So what took so long? What was holding back the creation of these positions? Well, I think in the past, most healthcare systems have looked at physician assistants, nurse practitioners, advanced practice clinicians as individuals that work with physicians, but maybe weren't managerial types. And I think you've got to also look at the education of managers and administrators. But very little of their time is spent understanding the role of advanced practice clinicians. I think if you go to the major administrative graduate programs in the United States, very little time is spent in textbooks and or in lectures about how useful these individuals are. So I think more and more people are learning that we're not a replacement for the physician, we're not an extender. We basically are our own professionals and we offer a means of effectiveness and efficiency for any practice management. Is there pressure within the healthcare organizations to create these positions? Are PAs and MPs stepping forward and saying we need these jobs? I think that's a really important question because I don't think that many PAs or nurse practitioners really understand how well prepared they are to be good administrators or managers. I think most of us end up doing that because we realize that we're solution-driven and we find solutions to problems. And by finding those solutions, more or less, we're chosen to be a manager or have more administrative responsibilities. Also, I think advanced practice clinicians, just because of the work that they do with many, many different types of physicians, learn how to be efficient and effective in any practice setting. What education background is needed to do this job? Do you need to have an MBA, health administration, public policy, or is clinical experience enough? I think that you need to have the grounding in clinical medicine. You need to have an understanding of what clinical medicine is. Certainly, I think that if you look at most of the people I mentioned, they were well grounded in in clinical work before they went on to become administrators. So I think that's important. Then I think you need to focus on where you want to make a difference. If it's an MBA, that will give you the management and business background. If it's MHA, that will give you an understanding a little bit more, again, of the administrative process. It might be health policy. I think the advent of a graduate degree is very, very important. So if I'm a PA or an MP and I want to create this position in my setting, what advice do you have for me? Well, I think the first advice is if you don't have administrative or graduate preparedness, 
maybe to approach your administrator and say you're interested in it and see if there's an opportunity for you to grow within your own organization. Number two, I would suggest interviewing someone that you would like to be in five years and look at someone who's either a CEO or a vice president of an organization, a corporate officer, and finding out a little bit more about what they do and how they do it and what prepared them for those roles and responsibilities that they have. Ken, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Lisa. I'm Lisa DeAndre, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. We welcome your comments and questions through our website at ReachMD.com, which now features our entire medical show library and on-demand podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Thomas Schwartz with SUNY Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, New York, and you are listening to the first national radio channel created specifically for medical professionals, ReachMD XM 157.